to Biblical Talks Podcast with Michael Tolliver. This podcast is dedicated to biblical teaching and having worldview discussions from a biblical perspective. Here is today's podcast. First John chapter 2 verse 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. The author of this letter is the Apostle John. John is known as the Apostle of Intimacy. He's very concerned with our fellowship with our Lord. John wrote to Christians whom he addressed in 1 John as little children. In this letter, John is speaking of an obedient walk with God in righteousness and a submission to the truth. And working together in love has been a key element of intimacy with God without being caught up in this world system. Beloved, you cannot mix unleaded and deeds with you and still think you're going somewhere. The moment you introduce diesel and unleaded into the same unleaded engine, you have canceled the unleaded by the fact of introducing the diesel. Listen, just because it looks like gas doesn't mean it would help you. What we do as Christians, we come to church to get unleaded. Then on Monday, we go to the world to get diesel. And we wonder why we are only chuckling down this road called life. John said, do not love the world. The Greek word for word is cosmos, and I believe that it's worth the time to look at a New Testament Greek lexicon of the word cosmos. This will show how wide range the meaning that cosmos has in the scriptures. The word cosmos falls into basically three main groups. The first meaning of the term cosmos is used with the sense of the material universe, the earth. For example, Acts 17.24, God made the world and all the things therein. Matthew 13.35, in the foundation of the world. John 1.10, he was in the world and the world was made by him. Now, secondly, the meaning term of the cosmos is talking about the inhabitants of the world. For example, John 1.10, the world knew him not. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. John seventeen twenty one that the world may believe. Now the third meaning of the term cosmos, we find in scripture mean worldly affairs, good endowments, riches, pleasures, which are all fleeting and hollow. But what these things does, they stir our desires and seduce us, seduce us from God, so that they are disruption to the cause of Christ. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. 
What cosmos is John talking about in 1 John 2 and 15? When he says love, not the cosmos, what is he talking about? Listen, he does not mean that the world of creation, that is the system, the order found in the physical creation. In spring, flowers blooms and trees put out leaves. In the fall, the leaves begin to turn all kinds of beautiful colors like yellow, green and red. I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I see this every fall. The leaves turn to a beautiful color and then fall off. And winter comes real soon. This is not the world we are warring against love, against loving. This is the world God created for our enjoyment. John is not talking about the physical earth. Where beautiful roses and tall trees grow. The wonderful mountains in the fall and the running streams are not what we are to hate. Rather, they are something we can admire and relish and enjoy. John is not talking about the second meaning of the word cosmo, humanity or mankind. We are told that God so loved the world. What world? The world of people, of human beings. God so loved the world, the elect, that he gave his only begotten son. John 3.16. He's talking about people there. Then what does John mean when he says, do not love the world or the things in the world? It's the third meaning of the word cosmos. And that's what we're going to deal with. Which means the world system, this organized system, which is headed by Satan, which lead God's out and is opposed to him in every way. Believe me when I say this, there is a world system in operation today. And it is controlled by Satan himself. John mentioned this in his gospel where the Lord Jesus said, Hereafter I will not talk with you much, for the prince of this world cometh and has nothing in me. The prince of this world, the prince of this world system, which includes in the society that you and I are in today. The world system belongs to Satan. And he offered the kingdom of this world to the Lord Jesus. And I don't think he left out the United States when he made that offer. He runs this system. It belongs to him. And we are not to love that world. We read in John 16, 11, a judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Again, the Lord Jesus is referring to the demonic system that is in this world today. Paul said in Ephesians 2 and 2, where in time past you walk according to the course of this cosmos, this world. What is this course of this world? This is a world that is filled with greed, selfish ambitions, fleshy pleasure, deceit, lying, and danger. This is the world that we live in. And John said that we are not to love the world, this cosmos. We are living in a godly world that is in rebellion against God. Our contemporary culture and civilizations are anti-God. And the people of God are called by God not to love it. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Now I know that many of us, of us must live in the business world. 
And many of us must even move in the social realms of this world. But we do not have to be part of it, though. We need to recognize that we are going to be obedient to one world or the other. You are going to obey this world system and live in it and enjoy it. Or are you going to obey God? I used to work for the Department of Correction in one particular night. Um, the supervisor was just chewing everyone out. I mean, for no reason, just chewing everyone out. And so when we got out of work the next morning, uh, one officer, officer came to me and she asked me a question. And she said, Officer, officer Tolliver, what do you do when you do what is right and you still get blamed for it? And these are my words to her. I said, it's very simple. You have two choices to make. Either you continue to do what's right and suffer for it. Or you do what you need to do and go along and get along with the world. That's that's the two choices you have to do what's right and suffer or compromise and go with the flow. That's it. Beloved. We live in a world that is corrupt and polluted. We are hearing so much today about air pollution and water pollution. But what about the minds which are being polluted by all kinds of pornographic and vile language? What about the spirit of man that is being polluted and dubbed by all these things? If any man loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. You may run with the devil crowd all week long and then run with the Lord's crowd on Sunday. But it is obvious that the love of the Father is not in you. In Romans 7, Paul outlined his struggle as a Christian. And I think we all can identify with that. He said, in effect, I have discovered that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. That I would not do, I'm doing. What I don't want to do, I find myself doing what the new nature want to do, the old nature pulls back at it. The old nature is backslide and not willing to do those things. So there is a real conflict that goes on in the heart of the Christian as long as he's in this world with that old nature. That old nature is geared to this world in which we live in. It engages in the program of this world. And we all can identify with that. We, we all can. We are fighting every day against our own flesh. So. It is true that these three definitions of the word world, W-R-L-D, as the material earth or universe, the people of the earth and the organized and world system. So the question is. We know what this John is talking about. John is talking about in first John, this organized world system. That's what he's saying not to love. So let's spend a little time talking about this system. Concerning this system. There are two things to be emphasized. First, since the day when Adam opened the door for evil to enter God's creation, the world has ordered itself to be hostile against God. The world knew not God. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.21 It hates Christ. John 15 18 
It cannot receive the spirit of truth. John 14 and 17. The world or this system works are evil. John 7 and 7. And the friendship of the world is intimacy, enmity with God. James 4 and 4. That's why Jesus said, my kingdom is not this world. John 18 and 36. He has overcome this world system. John 16 and 33. And the victory that overcomes the world is our faith in Jesus Christ. First John 5 and 4. Beloved, there is a mind behind this system. <clears throat> I want you to understand that. Listen. God's attitude toward this world system is uncompromising. Why is that? Because there is a mind behind the system. That's why. That is a force behind what's going on behind the scenes. Paul Tripp wrote in his book, New Morning Mercies, a book which I recommend that you get and read. This is what Paul Tripp wrote in that book. He says you should enjoy food because it's God's gift. But if you love it, you end up fat and unhealthy. You should be thankful for the money that God's provide provide for you. But if you love it, you will find yourself a workaholic or in debt. Surely you should celebrate the pleasure and comfort that God puts in your life. But if you love them, you will soon be addicted. Here is the spiritual reality that you need to know and understand and live in light of. If you love the gifts and not the giver, your heart will never be satisfied. But if you love the giver, your heart will be content and you will be able to enjoy his gifts while keeping them in a proper place. Breathe this reality. Breathe this reality. Even deeper spiritual realities. The first is that you need to understand that you were created to love. You don't just love, you are a lover. Every human being love life is a quest to find something to love and a quest to be loved. This means that you are always surrendering the affection of your heart to something. Whatever command the love of your heart also shape the direction of your life. But there is more to be said. You were also created to worship. You don't just occasionally worship in a moment of intense religious, religious activities. You are a worshiper. You are always looking for something to which you can attach your, your ta- attach. I'm sorry, your attach your identity and your hopes and your dreams and your inner peace. Whatever controls the worship of your hearts controls your choices, your words, your emotions, and your actions. Now, because we are sinners, it is very tempting to give the love and worship that you were meant to give to God and God alone to something in creation. So desire for good possession is not wrong, but it must not rule your heart. The hunger for comfort and ease is not ungodly in itself, but it must not rule your heart. The desire for the love of another person is not wrong, 
but it must not rule your heart. A desire for even a good thing become a bad thing when that desire become a ruling thing. Good things never result when love for and worship of the creator are replaced by love for and worship of the created things. We need the grace of God. So what does grace do? Grace works to rescue you more and more by breaking your slavery to this created world and turn the deepest affection of your heart toward God. God alone is worthy of your worship. God alone is able to satisfy and bring peace to your heart. This work of, of rescue is not yet completed in any of us. Yet by grace, we love the world less than we once did. And we surely love God more than before. But our hearts are still going back and forth. But we need not fret because grace will win and bring final rest to our worship and our love. Beloved. Listen to me. The Christian does not fall apart by living in the world, but by the world living in him. May his grace be upon us. We will pick this up on the next podcast when we will look at what it really means to be worldly. Have a blessed day. for listening to Biblical Talks. This podcast is solely supported by listener donations. Please go to biblicaltalks.com to support this podcast and have a blessed day.